Hello and welcome to the Bioprocess Insider Expression Platform. Now it's been a while since our last episode, but I am glad to be back. I am of course Dan Stanton, the editor of Bioprocess Insider, and for this episode I was lucky enough to speak with Dendrion. Dendrion was really the first, or one of the first, firms to lead the way in the cell therapy space uh, through its commercial product Provenge. However, this year, Dendrion has relaunched itself as a contract development and manufacturing organization, a CDMO, within the cell therapy sector. I had the pleasure of sitting down, virtually still sadly, with Maria Cho, the VP of Business Development and Corporate Strategy, who is leading Dendrion's strategic growth efforts in the cellular immunotherapy space. Um, So without further ado, let's go straight into it. Sit back, relax and enjoy the Bioprocess Insider Expression Platform with Dendrion's Maria Cho. Dendrion um, is a pioneer in the cell and gene therapy space. Um, I I think Provenge, when it was approved in 2010, was probably, I think it's fair to describe it as um, the first of what we now sort of describe as cell and gene therapies or that that sort of cohort. but it's been quite a tumultuous, um, turbulent time since, has it not, Maria? Yeah, I mean, we've had, um, you know, a, a number of things that have happened with the company, um, you know, in the past, you know, including some ownership changes, um, you know, the, the um, you know, the bankruptcy that, that happened. Um, and I think, um, you know, despite what we've done um, kind of with Provenge and with, with the cell therapy space, you know, I think some of those things may have colored, um, you know, Dendrion as a company, but I don't think, um, you know, I I think what's exciting now essentially is that um, we've certainly turned the corner in terms of uh, what we would consider kind of a value inflection point, you know, really um, now looking at what we have, not only as an asset um, in Provenge, but also as an asset um, in Dendrion um, as a holistic company with regards to its core business, um, the expertise that we've developed over the years, and clearly uh, the gap that we have in the industry in that late phase and commercial expertise in uh, cell therapy. Um, and so, uh, you know, taking a step back and saying, well, how, how can we um, not only just have pioneered the future of, of cell therapy, but now uh, help to enable it, right, and get to a point where um, we can partner with other companies, um, you know, and take that that legacy that we established as a core business um, and, and support the further development of cell therapies into the market. And so, um, you know, it's quite an exciting time for us. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we have a solid trajectory into the future and are, are just super excited about what that will be um, for Dendrion. So I, I know you uh, have only been with Dendrion for uh, since, uh, I believe, the beginning of the year, but you obviously you've got a, um, a rich, long history within the cell and gene therapy space. Um, but I, I'm wondering if you are able to talk about some of the lessons learned from the manufacturing of um, Provenge that, um, that that you're now able to offer up to others looking to develop advanced therapies. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think, you know, given, I guess when you're thinking about how you're going to do, when you're developing a product, um, you want to maybe work with someone that has done it 
all and has made all of the mistakes and um, has, you know, kind of, I guess, want to say recovered and then, um, you know, been lifted up from really kind of working through those things. And I would say that that's really the history that we've had, you know, and, and it's, it's a, uh, because we were the first, we were kind of paving the way, right, to what that that path would look like, and and you know pivoting as as we needed to, as quickly as we needed to, to kind of get to that point. So, you know, I think some of the lessons learned um, that that I think we uh, you know like to share with with partners is is thinking about all aspects of the supply chain, right? Um, you know, especially when you get into commercialization. Um, you know, what does your um, AFE infrastructure look like, right, for, for um, you know, establishing, you know, patient uh, material? And I think um, that is something that we have, um, you know, really established well. We have the largest AFE network, um, you know, of pretty much any company that we're aware of, um, you know, through through partners. And um, it's, that's, that's just de-risked the supply chain um, in terms of, um, you know, having availability to access patients. Um, you know, I think the other thing is really, again, thinking about the process from vein to vein, right? Um, you know, they're, they're, Dendrion and, and, you know, has established an infrastructure to be able to manage um, a very short manufacturing window. So all of our products are or all of the, the, the product is um, shipped cold chain, so we don't have a freeze step at all. Um, so that um, really kind of shortens the window that we have, um, you know, to actually receive patient material, manufacture, and then reship it out back to the AFE Center with uh, basically an 18-hour expiry window. Um, so that's quite, um, you know, a hurdle to overcome. And, you know, when we talk with potential partners, you know, everyone has a freeze step now. And so they're like, yeah, you guys figured out how to do it when it's cold pretty sure you could probably handle how to do it when we got a free step in the process. So, um, so that's, that's always a, a fun conversation. Um, but you know, there's a lot involved in that. Um, you know, we, we, uh, you know, leverage a system that, you know, uses over 140,000 different algorithms to be able to, um, you know, kind of manage that vein to base supply chain, including, you know, raw material use, um, you know, all the, the procurement of materials. Clearly, we all know in the industry right now, um, uh, COVID world has uh, certainly impacted supply chain with regards to, you know, disposables, consumables, bags, you name it. I mean, we're all, we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, but I would say, you know, despite um, the challenges that the industry has received with this, you know, our systems are so robust that we've been able to maintain a significant um, on-time delivery rate for patient material greater than 99%. So uh, I think that just speaks to the, the, the robustness of the systems that we've established. Um, I would say the final thing that that really, you know, we're, we, we definitely have a lot of experience with is um, a kind of potency assay development. So this is a real hot button right now um, with, uh, you know, the regulatory agencies, um, you know, how, how do you have an appropriate potency assay for cell therapy? And so, um, you know, we have a couple of publications on that. You can visit our, our website to get some information on that. But we love being able to kind of help folks understand uh, the complexity really involved in a potency assay for cell therapy that's quite different from what you would see with a, you know, a protein or, or an antibody. So, um, so those are really kind of our lessons learned, um, just kind of as a, you know, top of mind things that, you know, we certainly can support um, and, and, you know, help to enable in the market. Um, from what you're saying there, and COVID aside, I'm I'm, I'm wondering whether <laughs> to mention. I think the, we're so sick of talking about COVID on on this platform and everywhere else that maybe we'll stick away, stay away from it for now. But um, something I did want to pick you up on there is, um, uh, I mean, the the 
depth, the wealth of expertise um, that Dendrion has in this game. And uh, much of that does come from your heritage, from the fact that you've set up the, the whole Vein to Vein network, for example. Um, it's not something that a, um, a you know, a another C, a traditional CDMO or CMO can do so i mean i'm looking at the industry as a whole here and a lot of the big players in the cdmo space have had to acquire to enter the um cell and gene therapy space does this put you in a um sort of premium position within the industry because you have this um heritage you have these um processes and these supply chains set up already and for Others looking to move into the cell and gene CDMO space. Um, just just how how big are these hurdles to overcome? No, great, great questions. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I guess I would say um, certainly it kind of sets us apart. Um, you know, as we look at the market um, and and what um, service providers are able to offer. Um, you know, we really are looking at ourselves as as a true partner because we've done it ourselves. Um, had to establish all of those systems and infrastructure, um, and really uh, now now can offer that to the market. And I think you know if we look at you know the components of what is required: supply chain logistics, patient logistics, manufacturing. You know, analytical method establishment. Just the expertise and flow cytometry that we have is just true unmatched in terms of um, the the folks that are that are here at Dendrion. So um, I think uh, yeah it does it does set us apart and it also um, offers that kind of um, end-to-end capability without having to um, you know kind of go out the den- outside the Dendrion core core network. Um, so I think that's that's quite exciting. Um, and I, I forget the second question you had asked now I apologize. <laughs> uh, just really about um, uh, I, I guess um, compared to small molecules or traditional biologics maps, mm-hmm. for example, I'm just just trying to gauge the hurdles um, for a company to en- enter the um, cell and gene therapy CDMO space. Um, just reflecting on some of the other companies who have kind of made great shakes in the space have essentially had to acquire to do this. So, so I'm just wondering if you've got any insights on some of the uh, difficulties, the barriers of entry here. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think if you're thinking about this at different stages, right? So in in kind of early phase development, um, you know, the the infrastructure that exists um, really in the academic facilities and kind of the early phase um, partners, um, you know, those are those are CDMOs that you know can establish, you know, kind of a um, uh, I guess a, a lower throughput, right? And I think that that um, because of the pace of that throughput, um, it kind of reduces the barrier to entry. Um, with regards to, you know, uh, being able to support like a phase one trial or even potentially a phase, you know, 2A where you're looking at, you know, less than less than 200 patients or whatever. Um, once you start to hit that threshold and the enrollment um, requirements for those patients, that's where really the, it's a game changer, right? I mean, we all know in the industry that um, kind of setting up systems for, for early phase clinical versus late phase clinical into commercial is, is it's a step up, right? Um, and so we have all of that infrastructure established and, um, Frankly, you know, when I when I joined, I thought I, it, it was one of the most impressive things, and really kind of brought me to Dendrion um, with regards to being a part of this this venture because. Um, I just knew how hard it was <laughs> to, to really establish all of that, right, um, for for supporting a cell therapy program. Um, and I think, 
you know, the, the key thing that folks always mention um, when we talk, uh, our, our patient logistics for autologists, it's, it's truly unmatched, right? I mean, there isn't another company that, that can do it um, as a CDMO. Uh, obviously, there are some pharmas that have had to establish their own infrastructure. But the fun thing about that is um, I think that uh, I think what copycatting is like the best form of flattery. Um, and I, <laughs> I feel that, um, you know, a lot of if you take a, like a deep dive into what has been established, um, it, it's really the Dendrion setup, <laughs> so that's it's quite exciting uh, for for us. And you know, I think it just speaks to the to the expertise that we established from the beginning and and continue to deliver to the market today. You mentioned um, uh, some of the sort of feedback there that you, you kind of um, been seeing from the the market. I mean, what is it? A couple of months since you've officially rebranded yourself as a CDMO or opened your CDMO business. Um, how, 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 well, can you give us some sort of scope on, on, I, I'm sure you can't say who you're working with, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, right. the sorts of companies um, that uh, you have either signed contracts with or have shown an interest and how they're, um, well, I think you alluded to it, how they're, they're viewing Dendrion, but um, how and why they may be moving to Dendrion, uh, wanting to work with Dendrion rather than with some of the other players out there. Right, right. No, great question. Yeah, so I think I think as we look at Dendrion as as a brand, right, uh, as you know, it, it's it's kind of been Dendrion is Provenge, Provenge is Dendrion, right, because we've been a single product company, um, you know, for for, you know, quite some time. But what we're what we're really doing with our, our CDMO and what we're calling our contract manufacturing services division. So CMS division, I know that like sounds like Medicaid or Medicaid or Medicare, but um, the CMS division of Dendrion is it's, again, we're we are a mid-sized pharma, right? We're not we're not a contract manufacturing organization, right? We're leveraging the the expertise that we have established in product development to offer that to to potential partners, right? So so as I look at um, the the setup, you know, Dendrion is is our our anchor, um, Provenge is our internal product, and then our CMS division um, again leverages that core business infrastructure. So. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, yeah, the excitement in the market um, from, you know, potential partners, investment firms alike, um, you know, as we, uh, you know, kind of started doing our, our, you know, internal market research, um, we were talking to different partners, really kind of as a wide uh, net, right? So we went out to early phase companies, uh, mid-stage clinical development, late stage clinical development, even companies that were building their own facilities, uh, companies that may have been um, looking to uh, get close to commercialization with in the next couple of years um, and really just try to understand their pain points and say, you know, where, where could Dendrion kind of fit into that mix? Um, and what we found uh, was quite interesting from the, the community of, um, you know, companies, it's really those those companies that are at that phase two clinical trial, you know, phase two going into phase three or entering a large phase two study um, that that really want to establish a part a, a C, you know, CDMO relationship now and not have to move somewhere or build their own facility later on because they they could basically just launch from Dendrion. Um, so that that's really um, kind of the the perfect fit for us. Um, certainly, we've talked. Sorry to, to interrupt you. Why why is it the phase phase two going into phase three that that looking to find their perfect partner why not earlier yeah, yeah no it's a, it's a great question and i think it speaks to that um 
that kind of uh, volume throughput, right? You know, I think if you're in a phase one, you got 15, 20, 30 patients, you know, an academic center, um, you know, or an early phase center, you know, really can handle that throughput. But when you hit the phase two stage, um, to move your process and systems and methods and records and all of that to another partner or even your own facility um, adds, you know, a couple years of time and several million dollars, right? Um, and so I think partners um, see the opportunity of a shortened timeline as well as, um, you know, capital savings, uh, frankly, uh, to be able to work with a partner like Dendrion versus having to build their own infrastructure. I mean, you see in the news, uh, many of the companies that are, oh, we want to build a plan. Oh, this new plan is going up, whatever. And and I want to just raise my hand and go, why are you building a plant? Come over with Dendrion. We'll, we'll help you out. We, we've got it. We know what to do. <laughs> so um, so I think that's, that's really... Um, you know, for me, what and 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 what partners have said that that's really kind of um, that that inflection point. You know, the faster you can go through the trial, um, the faster you get to market, right? So if you can shave off a couple of couple of years, you know, with with that and several million dollars, who wouldn't sign up for that, right? I mean, I think the other thing is that um, you know, as we know, the CDMO space um, has become uh, we're really in a supply demand position, right? Where there's a ton of demand and not as much supply, right? And so um, the, the, the timeframes to kind of get into an existing CDMO uh, with a, a capability to support cell therapy is quite long, um, you know, and it varies depending on, you know, which partner, but that's the feedback we're also getting that, you know, hey, we're waiting until, you know, back end of 22 to even get a slot. And, and so, you know, having worked at CDMOs of the past myself as well, um, I know that is a, a reality. And I know that that's a challenge for for partners that we're we're speaking with. Um, I will say from the venture community, um, certainly this this is uh, I've talked to many venture firms and they're saying this is so needed. You know, we're the the phrase I think was my favorite. We're we're tired of spending you know uh, hundreds of millions of dollars on buildings. We just we want to be able to support um, you know clinical development and um, all of that and 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 really. You know, to a venture firm, uh, the partnership with Dendrion really, um, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, de-risks their investment, right, in a company. And I think that um, that's really appealing to, to venture firms. And so, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of that. And, you know, I think the timing is right. And, and certainly uh, the space has a significant need for, for this type of, um, you know, service. So, um, and, and I guess to answer your other question about what types of partners. So, you know, we are a cell therapy company, so we're not looking to do gene therapy or antibodies or proteins or oligonucleotides. Um, we, we will support and, and have the expertise to support autologous as well as allogeneic um, therapies. And so, um, you know, including iPSCs, things like that. So uh, it's really, if you think cell, that's Dendrion. And you've got, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you, you, you have manufa manufacturing facilities in um, Atlanta and Seal Beach, California? Yep, that's correct. Yep. How, so, how? Yeah, I'm just wondering on the um, the you mentioned time slots there and across the industry is, uh, you know, I hear stories of people having to reserve um, uh, space years ahead at the moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> how how full up are you, so to speak? And um, yeah. you know, is there any inkling of any um, uh, expansions or acquisitions for further manufacturing space as this? business um, grows and grows? 
Yeah, yeah, great question. So, um, yeah, so our uh, really our um, Seattle facility is going to serve as our process development and manufacturing sciences center. So where we would bring in programs, establish processes, things like that, you know, develop analytical methods. And then we would um, initially transfer programs to our Silt Beach facility. Um, so the throughput at that facility um, is quite significant. So it's 180,000 square foot um, compliant, uh, you know, and GMP compliant and FDA approved facility. Um, so so our ability to handle, um, you know, really, really, uh, you know, large quantities of batches uh, per day, per week, per month um, is, is quite significant. So um, we think that we'll be able to support capacity with with partners that we're talking with, um, you know, for, for the next several years. Um, we have the opportunity also to expand to our Atlanta site. So the facilities are almost mirror images of one another. Um, and there are, um, you know, utilize a modular clean room type structure. And so we do have, um, you know, additional room to expand kind of within each of those facilities as well. Um, also, some greenfield build could be possible at the, the Seal Beach site. Um, but, you know, with that said, you know, we certainly um, are thinking about, uh, you know, strategic partnerships um, with regards to thinking about a line of sight to facility acquisition. Um, but I think for the next several years, we'll we'll be able to handle, um, you know, uh, anything really that would come our way that, that we'd be interested in. So. Um, Maria, I'm going to ask you um, briefly about the business strategy of um, having the uh, your own in-house products and um, running a CDMO at the same time. I think we've seen a couple of firms like that in the antibody space, and it didn't quite work out. Um, uh, and you know, however many years into that sort of venture, they they they'd either sell off the asset or they would split the business. Um, what are the risks for Dendrion for having these two sides of their business um, at play? Yeah, no, great question. And I, I think what's what's kind of fun is when I when I joined Dendrion, uh, that was the first thing that I had at the top of my mind is how do we not make that mistake, right? How do we make sure that there is appropriate segregation in the business in the businesses? And um and that that starts from the ground up, right? All of the the um you know the actual facility uh infrastructure, the personnel infrastructure, just like a clear segregation of uh you know separation of church and state if that's sort of the cliche phrase, right? Um and so you know we we really thought about it in terms of you know making sure that um there there was we were leveraging the expertise we had in-house around systems, uh, core capabilities, people. But in terms of like delivery of programs, we do have a dedicated team that will be delivering those programs. Um, and in fact, even with regards to our facility, um, we're really kind of hard coding, uh, even in our regulatory filings, the separation between the side of the building that's Provenge and the side of the building that is CMS. Um, and even within those business plans, you know, Provenge is a, it's a growing product, um, you know, cell therapy is, is quite exciting. And so, um, you know, we can, there's really not going to be that, that, that fear that people have of, well, when Provenge starts really, you know, even taking off more, how do we know you're not going to kick us out and move, you know, Provenge into our space? And, and, and we made a very clear business decision that it is 100% segregated. Um, so we have the capacity to support uh, Provenge growth over the next, you know, 10 years, essentially, uh, 
including, uh, you know, the output of our, our proven trial, which will, um, you know, be coming across the back end of 23. So, so they are very clear and distinct business units. Um, and, you know, it was, it was intentionally designed that way, um, you know, to, to not have any sort of, um, you know, overlap with regards to capacity and resources. So, um, yeah, for sure. I think we've, that is a lesson learned <laughs> on what not to do <laughs> from, from previous industries. And, um, you know, I think uh, partners are, uh, you know, very receptive to that. They understand and, and even in their diligence say, oh, yeah, you guys, you, you got this nailed. This is way different than what we maybe thought or were concerned about. So, um, yeah, it's a great question. OK, well, it leads me into my final question, um, oh. Maria. So it's I mean, it's it's early days. It's only a couple of months into um, this 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 new venture within Dendrion. Um, you mentioned 10 years, so let, let's go for 10 years. Where do you see the company on both sides, its in-house and its CDMO asset in 10 years' time? Is it, Are you going to be um, solely within the cell therapy space, or is there any scope to move into other modalities, or, or do you see the cell therapy space going in a completely different direction? Yeah, no, great question. I mean, I, th I think when people ask me personally where I'd be in five, even in five years, I'm always like, I I don't know. <laughs> the world five is Five years oyster. is the normal amount, but you mentioned <laughs> 10. So let, let's... <laughs> world is our time. oyster, right? Um, you know, I think I think we're developing a very quick traction um, on on the CMS space. And and, and I think um, it, for me, it's really quite exciting um, to think about where, you know, where we could be even in the next three years. Um, so, you know, I think as we think about um, Dendrion as a company in this this inflection point, you know, we are looking um, to develop, uh, you know, deep partnerships. Um, you know, we we envision that these CMS partnerships could evolve into some type of relationship where um, Dendrion may acquire an asset, may acquire a company. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of go into these discussions up front saying, you know, look, we're, we're, we're cool being fee for service, um, but know that our ultimate goal would be to really help to develop and commercialize this product, just given the experience that, that we have, if that is of interest to potential partners. Um, so I think it, uh, you know, five years down the line, Dendrion probably has two commercial products. Um, you know, with a line of sight to, to several more potentially, um, you know, some, some uh, you know, mid-phase, late-phase asset acquisition or partnerships, co-development. Um, and I think that the, the expansion of that, um, you know, really, you know, stays within cell therapy, at least for the short term, but certainly as we're looking at, um, you know, uh, treatment modalities that involve uh, more than one type of therapy being used at the same time, I don't think that that is, is off the table for sure. I mean, clearly when it comes to the manufacturing side of the business, um, you know, our expertise is in cell therapy. So um, if we were to get into, you know, manufacturing antibodies, proteins, anything like that, uh, it, it would it would probably be an acquisition of another partner. So, yeah. So really, we're kind of looking at a, a sort of pragmatic strategy based on your long um, your long history of cell therapy expertise, at least in the short right. term. And and yeah, if, if, if you do end up going into um, um, antibodies, it, it, it would be a bit of a a bit of a surprise, but not off the cards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And of course, check out the news at bioprocessinsider.com for all the latest in the bio manufacturing and cell and gene therapy space. Thanks a lot.